Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, TikTok, anywhere. Well, you know what? Twitter, I'm John the Podcaster, P-O-D-C-S-T-R, so I should say that one is a little different. John the Marketer was taken. I'm still looking on how to acquire that myself, but you're tuned in. It's our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs with a story to tell, and joining us virtually in the studio, I've got an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. All the way from Littleton, Colorado, we've got Scott Bergeron with PS Tracks. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. It's good to see you. We've been going with this for a long time, haven't we? We have. It is good to see you because, sure. you know, I'm sure we'll hop into the backstory here a little bit once we get into the show. But we have talked on the phone for hours. We yeah. have never seen each other on a video call because when we started talking, video calls weren't a big thing. It wasn't something everybody was doing. This was way pre-pandemic. And we've never met in person because I've utilized your services from afar, which is perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm excited for this one because, yeah, man, I have known you for so long. I knew you when the company was in its baby status. I think that year that you were adding us as a client, an ambulance agency, we were your very first all ambulance agency to take part with PS Tracks. And that was coming off of a year where you had three or four clients as a startup and then were just exploding into the industry everywhere that year that we signed up. And it was back in the day when the CEO and founder was the one who sold me on it, demoed it to me and wrote up the invoice. And now it's a very different company. So I can't wait to just hop into all the things y'all are doing. But of course, like I told you before we start the show, we always start out with an icebreaker question. Today's icebreaker question is what is your guilty pleasure TV show? Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Air disasters. <laughs> I shouldn't say that as much as I travel, but but uh, my wife and I watch air disasters all the time. Whenever I get on a plane, she says the one rule is that I cannot talk about air disaster. <laughs> so. Yep. Man, I'll tell you, mine is embarrassing. I don't even want to share this, but I have been caught on the hook by Love is Blind. I don't know if you've heard of this show, but it I've is. It. Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. It is trash TV. It is so terrible. But for some reason, I can't look away from it. I absolutely love watching it. I did not get as far into season three as I wanted to be yet, but I've been falling asleep at the station watching that one for the past few nights. So, yeah, it is unfortunately my guilty pleasure. I, I have seen that show before as well, so I, I understand the guilt on it. But it was pretty good. The one I the one I did watch. Yeah, it's it's crazy how those stories unfold and everything else. And like all other reality television, so much of it is probably scripted or prompted. But to see some of those people too actually have a successful relationship after that, and they're all over social media and stuff, and you hear about them, it's kind of cool. I, I don't want this one to go around the firehouse any more than it already has, <laughs> just because my driver and my firefighter know I watch it but I don't need the whole department knowing about it for sure. Yeah, I hope they're not watching. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right, man. Well, we're here to talk about you, where you came from. So just let's hop into 
what's your origin story? Sure, sure. No, I appreciate it, John. I, it's it's uh, probably not your average um, software company story. Uh, I grew up in, in Pacific Northwest, uh, Washington State, uh, born in Kirkland, Redmond, which is now all Microsoft and Amazon and everything else up that way. But uh, went, moved down towards uh, Puyallup, Washington, and out of high school, went to welding school, went to electrical school, total blue collar, and um, started working down here in Denver. I was supposed to be here for a year. That was 1982 and I was 19. So the hair was much, much darker at that point in time. <laughs> but but uh, moved down here, met my wife about six months later. We got married about a year later. I had three kids within five years and, and uh, started life down here in Denver as an electrician. Put in fire life safety systems as a, as a you know, that was my main, main project in high-rise buildings. So had that background as the kids grew up, um, the electrical market kind of dived in the in the uh, mid '80s, late '80s here in uh, Denver. There was no nothing going on. There was a recession going on, and I got in the car business, started that up as a as a sales manager. Went in that business for about eight years, and then uh, I left just because I wanted to watch my kids grow up and started a, a publishing planner, a date a day timer. You know, like the old uh, frankly Covey day timers. And yeah. about 1999, something like that. And it went all across the country and we went and uh, built a CRM program based on that. So I met my partner, Cliff, who built a program for me back in 2002. In 09, my daughter was a, f- a firefighter medic at the time, actually just a medic uh, in Blackhawk, Colorado, and called me up and wanted to know if we could build a, an app for truck checks. And that's kind of how it started. So anyway, we built it from 09 until about 2013. I think we met in 2014, maybe. We didn't even have our second client at the time. And we basically started plugging it, started doing little demos on the uh, on GoToMeeting, if you all remember GoToMeeting. Now oh, yeah. Or, or, or what's your, what we're on today. But um, it was really um, just kind of hit and miss. Uh, show, show fire departments what it did. Basically, it's a cloud-based program that helps automate your truck checks, equipment checks. Now it says control substances. Uh, what do you use uh, at your station now at Tomball? Are you guys using most of the modules? Most of them. I know we have recently started talking about expanding into the asset tracking. We don't use the narcotics stuff because we are just FRO, so first responder organization as far as the EMS side of things. But okay. on the fire side of things, we're doing the SCBA logs, PPE logs, the regular truck checks, and then looking into some asset management as well. Okay. And that's pretty much, in fact, it was it was rather funny that you called up to do this, this program because Houston really was the main catalyst for PS tracks kind of elevating itself up to the next level but here in the uh, in the office basically in the back room we were doing demos over the uh, over the go to meeting and showing people what the program did picked up a couple down there uh, you were one of them uh, down in the Houston area South Montgomery County was one of them that, that picked up and all of a sudden I'm I'm on my Indian motorcycle down in the middle of Houston running around between departments and, and having uh, fire chiefs uh, showing us off to uh, to everybody else. And now I think we've got probably 48 departments in the Houston metro area within Fort Bend and Harris County. So it's been, uh, you guys were kind of our, our second city. I mean, Littleton's where we're based out of, but you guys are our biggest concentration, what we're doing. But uh, like you said, you were probably third or fourth, I think, on our list out of state. We serve, I think now about 850 departments around the country. We have about 25 full-time paid employees, W-2 employees all the way through, and we've got our own development side. We have our own build side. You know, from from me and Cliff starting it off, uh, my son Nathan is now our build director. I think it's called chief experience officer. I think we have to learn all these new software yeah. names. Now. But uh, 
but overall, we're, we're a family-owned, operated company uh, serving serving uh, fire departments all over the country and Australia now and Canada as well. So that's, wow. that's, kind, of the short, that's kind of the short elevator pitch. I hope it wasn't too uh, uh, too long, but that's, no, that's not at all. I mean, I know our listeners, some of them are firefighters, but for those who aren't listening, man, truck checks were archaic. This was something that, I mean, like you said, even up until 2014, 2015, and, and I've seen some departments that are still on it to this day where you bust out a clipboard with a mm-hmm. piece of paper and you've got a pen and then you're sitting there and just with this pen checking every single thing that's on that truck. And there's so many things to think about here from an educational perspective, you know, with PS tracks, there's capabilities that I know personally, where you can take pictures and photos and videos of this equipment and put that on your PS tracks checkoff so that when they open up that med bag and there's just medications everywhere, they know what it's supposed to look like for a rookie, someone who's coming in and who's trying to learn this equipment. That's so valuable because when you say, hey, go grab me a closet hook, they may not know what a closet hook looks like. But if you've got a picture of your tool compartment, it's labeled saying this is a closet hook, this is a pike pole, this is a Denver hook, this is like all of these different things, then it's it's easier for you to be able to teach people what they're looking for because they can go through that and see it themselves. You know, a piece of paper can't do that for you. And then on, on the top of that, the time savings and the storage savings, because when you can store everything electronically in the cloud versus having to check it off on this little piece of paper and then it gets nasty and dirty from the driver operator, checking the oil, checking the transmission fluid, checking the coolant and all this stuff. And then you're putting that dirty piece of paper in a chief's box. who has to take it over and put it into, you know, some type of archive. All of this stuff, it saves you so much time when you can just pull up your last checkoff and see, oh, okay, John Kelly checked off the battalion ride yesterday. Got it. So I know that if there's any questions I have about this because something was broken, I can just go ask John Kelly. That's easy. The time savings, the educational component, and then just the ease of use, you know, being able to click one checkbox that says, yes, I looked and all 23 of my tools are in the toolbox and just click that one thing and all of them are checked off for you. It's an amazing tool that absolutely helps us to revolutionize what we're doing in this industry because up until I heard of PS Tracks, I don't think I heard of anything else that was really competing out there and doing something similar. You know, there were a lot of of programs on the EMS side that were just strictly let us help you with your electronic checkoff on narcotics and medical equipment, but it wasn't something that could kind of encompass everything. So it was absolutely a game changer for us. And that's where I brought you in for the first time was city ambulance service when I was managing that company. And, you know, we had trucks statewide. So I think we were somewhere in the eight to 10 range with probably a hundred to 130 employees total that I was managing as a director of operations. And that's a lot of checkoffs that have to happen. And a lot of equipment that has to be checked that when I'm in Houston and I've got trucks in Dallas and I've got trucks in San Antonio and just spread all over, I can't drive to every single region every single day or even every week to be able to follow up with them. So PS tracks really helped me to just kind of make all of that stuff a lot easier to manage for one person in one location with a lot of trucks everywhere. And, you know, I know on the fire side, your bread and butter specifically, there's not a whole lot of, you know, you got a chief and he's got maybe a small distance between stations, but we're usually talking no more than probably 30 square miles that they're covering. Depending on where you go out in West Texas, man, I've heard of two, two and a half hour drive times to another station. But primarily I would say, 
you know, you've got someone who's able to make it to multiple locations throughout the day, but it's still, you know, when you look at departments like HFD and they're just, they've got so many employees and so many trucks being checked off every single day. How can you get all of that stuff together and truly stay in tune as a logistics manager with your entire fleet by just looking at one spreadsheet without something like PS track? So if you can't tell by my 20 minute monologue, I just went on. <clears throat> I am a huge <laughs> fan of really, PS tracks. Really, really yeah. This was something when I brought it into the ambulance company, I told the owner, like, I'm not just telling you that this is a good product. I'm telling you that I want it. Otherwise I don't want to do the job. So that really played into him buying it quickly. And Tomball, I don't remember exactly exactly what happened and why they decided to switch to it. But man, was I glad that they did. It was, it was amazing. So I think I've introduced PS tracks enough here, so I'll let you take it away and, and let's just talk about who you serve and, and who you're looking for as a client. Sure. No, and I think that's, uh, that's a great, I appreciate the uh, pitch on it for sure, because it's, it's what we learned early on was that no two agencies seem to be alike. They don't really, they have different things and different checks and they have, you know, the trucks down by the river are different than the trucks up in the mountains. And, and we serve, uh, I mean, everyone, most of our clients are one, two, and three station departments. I mean, they are, you know, doing checks once a week. They're, they're combination volunteer. They're also big career departments like San Diego. We serve the entire city of San Diego, which you were talking about having a, a few stations like HFD. San Diego, I think, has 55 if you include the, uh, the ones out at the airport. And all of them are set up differently. So, I mean, our, our, to say our key client is fire, we, we, we serve a ton of BMS agencies now as well, especially with the controlled substance module, with our inventory and our asset module, um, keeping track of ketamine and fentanyl and Percet, things I couldn't even pronounce before, <laughs> are, are, are pretty key when you're handing one to the, to the next, you know, medic on shift. Um, so that's pretty much, I mean, we, what, what we, we learned early too is that there's, there's no two agencies with the same budget. Some of them have virtually no budget. Some of them have a, a, a big budget. Most of them are pretty budget strapped. I think I think everybody can agree, especially in these times with inflation and everything else, things are really strapped up. So we try to make it really affordable because bottom line is it's something you have to buy. I have a lot of people tell us it's, it's paper is pretty cheap, but really paper is probably the most expensive way to do truck checks. Like you were saying, the labor involved in doing the, the checks one by one by one versus, and then where's it go? You know that checkoff usually goes into a binder, into a folder in the back office, and it never gets uh, never gets queried. You can't tell when things break and things of that sort. So our clients range all across uh, across the world now. We we serve a lot of Air Force bases, uh, multiple countries. We serve the uh, Royal Flying Doctors in uh, Australia. So their their vehicles are their airplanes. You know, so they and their nurses on the planes do all the checks on the on the inventories. So it, it kind of runs a full gambit. So that's kind of where we're where we're at and how we do things. And I think one of the biggest things that made us unique was that we didn't really have a preconceived notion on how we did things or how you you guys do things. So it's really critical that that we don't reinvent your wheel. We don't re, like like at the Tomball, they did things a certain way. They probably did truck checks. I think they're a career. Is that right? You guys are a career combination. We are. Yeah, we actually last year, I think, which would be 2022 somewhere, somewhere like late 2022, we hired our very last volunteer that we had. We hired him on full time. Yeah. So we are 100% paid now. We don't have any volunteer staff anymore. So in, in that case, most most paid and career departments will have certain protocols, certain processes in place. And what kind of makes us unique is the, the fact that we 
take those systems that you guys have and we load it into the platform for you. So we actually have a build team. Nathan, my son, leads up that that team now is, is nine people, I think. And so and we're con- continually doing probably between 25 to 40 new agencies a month. So it takes a lot. When you start thinking about you're talking about the, the fire truck or the engine, there can be, you know, three, four, five, six hundred items on a fire truck. I had no idea going into this just exactly the dang things are rolling Ace Hardware Store. You know, there's yeah. everything on that truck. And really trying to get that and, and again, you might have, you know, 14 engines in a fire department and there are 14 different ways that they're set up. There might be some consistency across maybe 80%, but there's still certain things in certain areas that are different and unique. And so having the energies, I guess, on our side to build that for each department and make it specific and customized is really what makes us different. It's not just a matter of, did I take off the truck? Yes. And there's a lot of RMS programs that, that have a, an asset management program in the back end. It's pretty much just that. You have to, you have to know what happened. You know, with, with RMS, it makes the assumption that, that everybody knows what everybody else has done. And, it's, and you have to go in and figure out which truck to check off and assuming that nobody else has checked it. So uh, with PS Tracks, what's nice is that, you know, if John's got 600 items to check off once a month and he checks off 300, it'll show the next guy what, what's due and what's, what's left. So not only is it built for you, it's built customized. It makes it really nice that, that you know, you're not assuming that, hey, my deal's not set up like San Diego's. It's not set up like Royal Dockers. So that's pretty much what we do is, is, is try to completely customize it for each agency. I think there's a, a lot of functionality on that aspect that's not used too with the whole maintenance side of things, you know, being able to know, hey, this truck is now up for maintenance and then log that maintenance and put that stuff on the back end. You know, those were things I was doing at the ambulance service that I don't necessarily, and I'm not involved in it, so I don't know 100%, but I don't necessarily see those things happening in Tomball as much as they could be either. So I know that's, I think that's why they kind of want to have that talk and and start seeing how we can utilize it better, especially on the SCBA side. It's pretty interesting. So knowing that all of these things are so different department to department, how does this work when I onboard as a client, which yes, I know the answer to some questions that I ask, but when I onboard as a client, is this something that I'm self-serving and building? Is there something that's cookie cutter where you've got it in place for every department because they're so different? Are you having to go in and build this for the client themselves as well? Like, how does that work? Well, that's, um, like I said, some, some departments do want to do some of it themselves and they can, they can do that. What's nice about it is we, we, we can build it for you. We usually do. Um, when you, when you onboard, basically uh, you can come to the table with, with the current checks you have, or if you, if you admittedly, as a lot of people will do is say, I don't show me what else, what other people are doing with SCBA. I don't really have a clue, you know, with, with bottles or with, with gear, like it, it, we serve with a PPE module, everything that's, that's on a crew member as well, not just the fire trucks or the engines. But what we try to do every time is get gather as much of the, the inventory or the checks that you guys are currently doing as fire departments. And then we load every piece, every stick on every, every compartment on every truck and every station and bring it back to you live so that, you can, you can go to work without having to take, you know, the guys on light duty that um, all of a sudden can get really healthy the minute you tell them to, to start uploading 600 items on a fire truck, you know, on a, on a spreadsheet. So what we try to do is make it real simple. You can you can run with our templates. We've got um, NFPA guidelines. So if you say, you know, just give me the, the NFPA uh, deal out in Texas, specifically where you've got the Texas Fire Commission, you know, checking your SCBAs and making sure you guys are 
or checking the air or checking the packs, making sure everything is together. It makes a huge impact on that. So yeah, we, we, we essentially will load everything for you. And then if you guys want to make adjustments, you can make adjustments yourself. We also serve on that in that capacity as an admin, kind of an admin assistant virtually. Like fiber, <laughs> you know, you can, yeah. you can send it, send it over to us. We'll make it, we'll, we'll, we'll work it for you. We'll, we'll build it up and bring it back to you. And there's no charge for that. How was that transition? Just kind of going back to the beginning of, you know, like you said, you're not a normal founder story for a, a tech company and one that's becoming rather large quickly. How was that transition for you going from working with your hands, blue collar, getting dirty to sure. being able to kind of, you know, without being in Silicon Valley, be able to enjoy some of those benefits a little bit? Sure. No, it's uh, it's it wasn't as easy as I thought it'd be. I think I think the bottom line was, especially in first responders, I, I think there's a lot of people that really know that they need something better and they're very open about what they needed. So I think the fact that me and Nathan and our team, when we, when we sat down and, and did, just like when I met with you, we, we asked a lot of questions. Uh, we found out exactly how you guys were doing things. And I think that that, that culture of basically being the sponge and absorbing a lot has helped because like I said, there is no two agencies that, that, that work alike. And just finding out how they specifically do things and making it making the software very configurable. My partner, that's this the developer, the primary Cliff Long, has done a fabulous job right from day one. And when we first met with with Blackhawk Fire, I mean, they literally brought out a stack of books and said, "These these are our these are our maintenance logs. This is what the guys do when they do their truck checks." At the time, this goes back to the days in 09, There was a a firefighter, a lieutenant that was killed in Boston over a ladder truck that lost his brakes and ran through a building and he lost his life over it. And it really boiled down to miscommunication just for the fact that there are so many items that go transfer back and forth. There's so many maintenance items on a fire truck or an engine or an ambulance that it's hard for one person or hard for one, one, the fleet shop isn't the only ones that touch this rig. They only touch it once or twice a year. So it really boils down to, you know, just realize that every agency is a, is a, is a very, very diverse, very uh, unique. And I think the fact that we, we just didn't know what we didn't know, I think helped. So it wasn't just like, we're from this fire department. This is how you should be doing it. It's like, you guys know what you guys are doing. You guys have spent 100, 150, 200 years in a lot of cases of our clients working this, working the system. And so just being able to listen, I think, has, has a lot to do with it and, and just acting on on requests. So we've had more and more requests. We, we make a, a broader and, and larger software program. So did you have to bring on any experts from the fire industry into the company to kind of get over that? Yeah, initially, yeah. In fact, I uh, uh, Dave Kane is one. I, I called him my translator, and he was the operations chief <laughs> at City Boulder. I, I met him through a friend of a friend, and uh, again, my daughter you know, helped us at the start of this and, and build it. But I approached Dave over lunch and said, I don't know what a gated Y is. And I don't know what a Denver hook is. And I don't know, you know, can you be my, you know, guide? And so he pretty much, and he's, he's been with us in that capacity ever since. And we've brought on fire chiefs, Todd Lambert's with us and, and, and Mac, uh, McElroy. They're out of two different states, but yeah, we've, we've brought in people as we go along from the, from the fire service itself. I just uh, imagine, you know, uh, have you ever heard the saying that firefighters hate change and they hate when things stay the same? <laughs> exactly. And exactly. Uh, so I can imagine that there was, and maybe even to this day, still sometimes persists some, some people out there who are just 
adamant that like, nope, that pen and paper works just fine. I've got it. I don't need to switch to no fancy computer. It's going to fail. Did you find a lot of resistance in the fire service trying to change the way we were doing things? You, you know, I think once you get past the, 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 the folks in my age bracket, I mean, you know, in the, 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 the main chiefs, but most it, it's, it's surprising how, how much you hear that, you know, 200 years of, of a tradition unimpeded by progress and you yep. these quotes that are out there and you think these guys aren't going to change a thing. But if you look at a fire engine or a fire truck 20 years ago versus today, you'll see a whole host of changes. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a completely different apparatus than it was 15, 20 years ago. I mean, all the electronics that go with it and everything overall, it's been really, really well received, which I think is just a testament to the fact that we built it from the user perspective and mm. not, not from, how do we sell it to the chief? You know, once well, I've, I've had come back from shows, I'll be sitting on a bus, you know, from the from the airport to the to the economy lot, and I'll have fire, you know, firemen on the other side of the bus, you know, looking at my shirt and and saying, "Oh man, you know what? You know, you're with PS Tracks. Yeah, we love that. That's a great program. It saves us a ton, ton of time." So, getting getting the buy-in from the crews is more critical than anything because you don't want to. A lot of times, departments will buy something and it gets pushed back so hard. Even as a company, if we buy software, which we do, if there's a lot of pushback, guess what? It might just become shelfware. It just stays on the shelf and nobody uses it. So, yeah, overall, the, the, the response has been really good. You'll, you'll get, you know, it's not, never going to be 100%, but the fact is, if you can log in from your phone and do your truck check and it, and it documents everything for you instantly, it saves a ton of time. And our whole program isn't to sell software, it's to serve, serve first responders and really make an impact on the downtime. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of timing. I've never seen people more busy, and especially through, through the pandemic and everything else, being short-staffed. And and you know the joke is, you know, that, that there's a 48 hours on, 96 off. There's many parts of the country that through pandemic it was more reverse of that. It was 96 hours on and 48 hours off if they were lucky. So just just enabling the the crews and the and the uh, officers and the departments to save as much time as possible. It gives them more time to to focus on more important things. Yeah, there were times I was doing exactly what you're describing where yeah. I had two full-time jobs. So I was working for one fire department full-time. That was where I actually worked, which is where I'm at now, Tomball, 4896. And then I would have 24 hours off in between. And then I would go to another job that I used to have full-time that I, I left and stayed part-time at when I went to Tomball. And I would work there on their 48 because the shift – worked out perfectly in between like that because they were staggered to where on that 24 hours off was day two of another shift. And then I would work, I think it was a C shift on at that other department that I would work the full 48 there as if I was a full-timer and then have mm -hmm. 24 hours off and come back to my full-time job. And I did that for probably two or three months. Man, I'll tell you, the paychecks were nice. It was great bringing in two <laughs> sure. full-time paychecks and having great benefits. And then I just realized after that two, two and a half months that I would rather be broke and uh -huh. jobless, homeless, whatever else, than have to work that much. And I wasn't doing it because I needed to make a living. I was, I was, I mean, of course, yeah, the money is nice and, and I need it. I'm not saying I don't, but I was doing it because they needed the help and I don't like to say no to extra money. So I was like, all right, bring it on. And then I, I figured out real quick, burnout is real. And it burnout is. will have you hating your full-time job and your part-time job. And then that's when I just cut that job out altogether and said, I can't do it anymore. 
So I actually transitioned completely and said, I'm not even going to have a second fire job anymore. I'm going to have one fire job. And then when I get off, like I did this morning that we're recording, I got off at 7 a.m. And then now I'm here podcasting with you in an office with, you know, old high school buddies and other friends selling marketing services and podcasting and doing all this fun stuff so that when I go back to work, I'm happy to be back at my fire job. You know, and then when I get off, I'm happy to be at my marketing job. It's like I have good synergy between the two. Yeah, no, it's um, just being able to and being out among hundreds of fire departments. And, and you know, my my staff now will look at, at the, uh, you know, the list. And they'll go, go, go talk to Scott. He knows them all down there or, go talk, you know, he knows what's happening on it. But but really, the amount of burnout is gigantic. And and really, you know, you guys are kind of in the center of that from what I've seen. I mean, there's a lot. Almost everybody has two fire jobs in the Houston metro area. At least that's, I think that's why we grew as much as we did. We, we served so many over here and also, you know, they're the fire chief over at this one or they're the, you know, and this volunteer off, off the side. So that's kind of how it, it it's springboarded. Uh, but I think the bottom line was that, you know, there's a lot of burnout. And we work now up here with, with a company called Revital Colorado, a charity that, that serves and, and basically brings people together to help minimize that, the, the PTSD, the the substance abuse, things of that sort, and that sort that goes, you know, hand in hand with, with burnout. And, and when you think about the jobs of, of what you guys are into, I mean, the, you know, I, I've, I've heard the quote also, you know, that, the, you know, your, your worst call is when, when someone's got their worst day, you're there, you know, when you're, when you're going on the call. And so the, the, the amount of things that you have to see and deal with is hard enough, let alone having to work as many hours as you guys do. And so, Really, our, our deal was to just, you know, can, can we make something that's as perfect as we can make it? These guys deserve this. That's really where what stems from us. We, we're very, very passionate about what we what we do. And, and, and the team that I've got um, is better than I've ever. I've never worked with a team like this. I mean, the the, the success managers to the to the agency consultants to the whole thing has been I, I feel just really lucky to be part of it. And so, yeah, it's it's really been a labor of love. I mean, it's really been one of those things where you can see tangible benefits from it. Even if it's just a software for truck checks, it's still a huge, huge game changer for most most departments. That's what I loved about what you would always say, which was everything that we do with PS tracks, we need to implement it in a way that makes it easier on the guys and girls at the station. Because mm-hmm. like you said earlier, if you make it something that is a difficult task or something that they don't want to do, then it's not going to be utilized the way that it should. And if you can make it easier on them by something as simple as unlocking that that feature that lets you multi-check mm-hmm. a set of equipment that's in the same compartment or bag or place so where you can just click once and then it clicks those 10, 15, 20 clicks for you so you're not having to go down and click mm-hmm. every single one individually. Make it as easy as you can on them as possible because people don't understand this, but we as firefighters, we don't get paid for what we do we get paid for what we might have to do. We get paid for the bad calls. We get paid what we do, not because, yeah, we get to sleep at the station sometimes. We're there for 48 hours. We have to sleep. Like, that is what it is. You know, and, and sometimes we get paid to play video games after hours when we're just chilling at the station or watch movies if that's their thing to do or, you know, whatever it may be. Yes, we get paid sometimes to do fun things and be a family. And, uh, you know, we had no calls last night and we got to play a full game of phase 10 and it was quite nice. Pretty pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, we could have had that pediatric death. We could have had that structure fire 
in a home that's putting families out of their house. And, you know, God forbid we could have had a fatality fire. We could have had that fatality wreck that turned into a grass fire. I mean, there's so many things that could happen that are the worst thing that we can see and deal with. So the last thing that we as managers of our people who are firefighters should want to do is put more tasks on top of them that are meaningless. You know, things have to get done around the station, and we are very good about understanding that from 8 a.m. on the second day, from 7 a.m. on the first day of shift change until 4 or 5 p.m., we are working nonstop except for lunch and, you know, breakfast and then dinner. And then after dinner, we have our free time and we we love it. We respect it. But sometimes that free time gets interrupted, too, you know, because we have a job to do. So we don't gripe about work because we do a lot of tasks. We wash the truck. We repair equipment. If we can repair it, we send it off for repair. If we can't, we maintain equipment. We maintain our station. A lot of people say that firefighters really and truly were just janitors. You know, at the end of the day, that's what we do. We clean toilets. We sweep. We mop. We make our beds, all of those things that you would have to do at home or anywhere else. And we have no complaints about it, but don't add meaningless tasks on top of them. And that's what I love about PS tracks is it's basically there to say firefighters have a hard enough job as it is. Let's help simplify and make this process easier so that it's more efficient, because that's probably the big thing that a lot of people miss when they say, well, it's easier. You just want it because it's easier. It's more efficient. It's doing the job better, faster quicker, more organized. And then when it goes up to the top, it's helping that chief do his job a whole lot easier because he can get a snapshot of his department as a whole, as far as maintenance for the apparatus assets, the PPE that people are wearing, everything and know, Hey, it's time for that annual gear cleaning and inspection. Hey, it's time for monthly maintenance or quarterly PMs on these trucks or whatever the case may be. So I I just love that fact that firefighters have it hard enough. So let's help make this a little simpler and a little more efficient on this end. The one thing I'd, I'd say too, just from being around and being from the, uh, you know, on the, in the private sector, so to speak, but, and, and to other people that aren't from the fire service, when there's four people in doing shopping, there's a reason for that. Uh, they, if there is a call, they need to be a team. And, and so it's not just, you know, when they're, they're, they're not wasting time, they're being efficient. They can't run back to the station and, and do that. <laughs> I think that that's sometimes you hear, you know, people complaining about to, to, to a fire crew that's out there, you know, there's four, four guys standing out there waiting for the, or with the shopping cart. And, and I think it's, uh, they are a fire family. I mean, they truly have to be together the entire time. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a critical, a critical job. And yeah, when I first started, I think one of the, the suggestions when we, when we started this off early on was that alert function where, you know, you're doing your truck check and it's not just a matter of how quick you can check something off. It's when things break or things get lost. You know, they, they might have been lost on the last call. You can go back and say, where was that TIG camera the last time? Uh, you know, or, or where was that stick of hose? You know, so I think that that just being able to go in and, and be able to report something and having it go off to the SCBA specialist or the, you know, hey, this chainsaw doesn't cut or this K-12's you know, you know, got a bad blade. Uh, you know, being able to, to report that to the right people at the right time in real time uh, just by the click of a button, it makes a huge difference. So out, out, especially when you get into wildland areas in California and, and they'll always say, where's my eyes? I send off my, my chainsaw for repair. I never see it again. 
You know, this way you can, yeah. you can follow the workflow. Where where'd that chainsaw go? How come I got this other one back that I didn't want? I want I want my chainsaw. You know, they're very, very protection you know, oriented about having your stuff, you know, on your rig. So yeah, it's it's been really, really fun. I mean, it's been a great project. And the way I look at it, it's, that's how I look at it. It's, it's just it, we're we're here to serve just like you guys are. We're we're we, we know that, that you guys have a, a tough enough job, like you said. It's it is a tough job and burnout is is real and the last three years haven't made it any easier. And if we can do our part, that's that's what it's all about. Well, if I'm a listener and I work for a fire department and I want my chief to buy this, or if I'm a chief listening and I want to buy this for my city, or, you know, I, I think too, would be remiss if we didn't mention that, like I said, I was an all ambulance service whenever I first called you to get set up there. And it wasn't even something that you were 100% positive that you could necessarily do because you were growing and it was like, hey, we we primarily service fire trucks, but ambulances are very similar. And I'm sure you had a vision of where you were going to go with the NARC checkoffs and everything else. And you said, hey, you're my very first ambulance company, but all right, let's do it. Let's put it together, you know? So if, if I'm considering calling you and seeing if you're a good fit for me, just kind of plug away, man. Where do I need to go? Who do I need to talk to? And what questions do I need to ask? I appreciate it a bunch, Sean. And and, and we do serve. And our, and our, our primary, like, like the, the bread and butter of, of ours is fire first responders, you know, EMS agencies, fire departments. Again, we're serving a lot of flight for lives. We're, we're serving uh, Canadian Pacific Railroad. <laughs> you know, with They have hazmat gear all across North America. See, and, yep. And so industrial plants, we've done several down there. Uh, Exxon is, is one of our clients, you know, so they've got safety, uh, you know, safety departments within that industrial area. So we do it all and we do it customized. We do mining companies in Australia, you know, so they've got they've got their safety divisions as well. So anyone that, that's that's trying to keep track of inventories, we do. We serve police departments, we've got inventories they need to keep track of. Everyone's got expiration dates uh, on their on their gear let alone their narcotics and things of that sort. And the program will, will track all of that as well. So you're not losing money because your your gear expired and you didn't or your your drugs were expired. You've got to turn them back in and, and, and or just or just lose them. But you can reach out to us. We're PS Tracks, PSTRAX.com. Uh, our our number is 888-330-6006. The website PSTracks.com. You can go on and and if you need pricing uh, you need to do a demo specifically on what you guys are after. Uh, please just just let us know. Our, our, our agency consultants be glad to walk you through. Uh, they can do a Zoom up call just like we're doing, and they can they can walk you through specifics. You can ask uh, details your specific needs because, like I mentioned before, it's it's everyone's got a different take on this, and everyone's got a different spin on how their agency operates. And so uh, we'll work directly with you right from start to finish, and we'll. We'll walk you through. We'll build it. We'll bring it back. We'll we we have three we have three CSMs, uh, customer success managers, as well as three agencies consultants. So we're constantly doing renewals and re- re- revisiting what you guys are doing, just to make sure that it's staying up to date and that we're uh, making all the adjustments that need to be made. So yeah, John, I appreciate having me on for sure. Like I said, anything that we can help, my if you want to reach out to me personally, uh, Scott at PSTracks.com, and I'll. I'll be happy to, to help any way I can. Are y'all on social media at all? We are. We are. On, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I think that's all we're on. Oh, LinkedIn. Okay. I'm sorry. We're on LinkedIn as well. And we're and we are looking. We're always looking for for solid people that are looking for different careers down the line. So we're. I think we added four people in the last two months <laughs> right off the bat. Wow. So it's grown like crazy. But yeah, if if there's any way we can help your your personal situations on that side of things with with your departments or 
or if you're looking for a, another career, look us up. I mean, that's one big thing I can personally attest to is I've seen the growth from when we first started talking to just a couple of years after we started talking until mm-hmm. now, which is, you know, God, Scott, we're going on 10 years of knowing each other, man. Uh, <laughs> a 12 year, 13 year overnight success, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and But I've seen that growth and I've seen the change. So that's the one big thing I would recommend to anybody who's considering something like this is you don't know where they're going to go and where they're going to wind up. And there's a vision there. And I know that you have a lot of growth happening behind the scenes and some that we're seeing with hiring new people and stuff like that. So these changes are coming. And I know that y'all have been receptive in the past too to, hey, you know what, it would really help me out if this feature could be added on this portion that I'm using. What do y'all think? And I know from a business perspective that if a customer brings you something that could be a really good improvement for your system that's going to work and then equal profitability when other people see that feature and buy the service, we can develop things and change things for you easily if we need to. So I would say that y'all are a company that's very receptive to ideas. Sometimes it can't be done, but when it can be done, it's something that y'all at least listen to. And I love that about y'all. So if you think that it's not 100% perfect right now, nothing ever is. But I can tell you that it can be a whole lot more perfect for you in the near future if you just sign up, get that demo, check them out. And yeah, Scott, Thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate your time today. And I wish you all the luck in the world with PS Tracks, man. I sure am happy to be in a department that is still a client and, you know, get to use that stuff. And it was good to talk to you. You too, John. I appreciate it very much. And and, and the friendship through the years, it's been really, really uh, nice to always catch up every every little bit. We just, just get back together and it's it's great to, to always hear from you. And I appreciate you having me on. And so, yeah, anything Anything we can do one of these days, at least we've met up face to face. Now, you know, you got the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, all right, man. I'm getting there too. I got gray hairs popping in the little bit of well, hair pop, I have they, left. They pop, they pop, they pop quick. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, your head is a lot fuller than mine is. That's for sure. So, and I'm, I'm 34. Oh God. Well, I got, I got double on you just about. So yeah, I cracked the 60 mark this year. So, um, yes, sir. Anyway. It's, it's, it's all good. And, and, and yeah, thank you for everything. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. We can't thank you enough for supporting entrepreneurs just like this one every single week. Make sure you catch us every Thursday with a new episode out and a new business from somewhere across the country. Head over to www.smallbusinessorigin.com to stay in touch with us. Get all the news and updates that you need and even send in things like icebreaker questions or questions you want for people we're going to have on the show in the future. But that's it for us. That was another episode and another week. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.